What? Don't call it a comeback. Well, you might. My name is Wiggly, and this is We Talk Games. Young and fresh, Kyle Von Kubik is on the other horn. Now you look a little light. Oh, no, now you're loud. I try to get out in the sun sometime. I don't know what happens with this. This time it's the old guys running it. This is the first time I've ever been on Discord. Well, I know. Do we Fortnite now? Now we Fortnite after the Discord. This is a show called We Talk Games. You might have heard of it if you're listening to the show. (laughs) Kyle got a new phone. He got a Zune. Yes. Very happy with my uh, (laughs) Zune phone. You know what I do miss, seriously? What do you miss? So I've been on uh, an iPhone for a very long time. I just got sick of it. I got sick of the iCloud account and... Just the, all the different weird Apple barriers. <laughs> it's just not for me. The PSP phone, if you remember that. No. Which I actually no. miss. And, and the reason why I miss it is because when I finally decided that I, I'm done with Apple, I'm done with the, the iCloud and that Apple puts up when you're part of their culture, mm. I got myself the Galaxy Note 9. What you've been playing lately? That's I've what this playing- show is, what we've been playing lately. We haven't done one of these in a long time. This used to just be a question during one yeah, of our sure. four-hour shows. We just say a question, what are you playing now, before mm-hmm. we went to the mm-hmm. arcade game format. So now, instead, unless you play an arcade game, uh, I did I not play an arcade game either. No. So I guess we're going to be talking about console, or I might have a little surprise. No oh, gosh. Yeah. All right. No, it's not my uh, sex dolls. Don't worry. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Uh, what have I been playing lately? I got bit by the Dragon Quest bug. Oh, have you? Do you like Mogs? I like Mogs. I mean, I wouldn't let them fuck my wife, but I like Mogs. <laughs> you joke-stealing son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, John E. hasn't been on the, the phone for a while. We're going to get him back on in a live show. Uh, yeah, he's going to be on a live show. Hi. How are you going to trick them? <laughs> I'm going to get you at your devil's armpit. Okay. Okay, Hooker, where were you with the Dragon Quest? You don't like slimes? Is that what it was? No, well, when I was younger, I just didn't know what I was missing because I was kind of going off of what, you know, kids are talking about on the playground or at school or, uh, you know, what I could get from quickly thumbing through a Nintendo Power, like a Game Pro at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. Didn't have subscriptions to those. Most of my JRPG experiences came from renting the games, which is like the worst possible way to experience these things. (laughs) You don't think playing an art in two days is a good idea? (laughs) (laughs) When I finally did have disposable income, I went back and I played a lot of the games that I missed my childhood and this was something that i never thought of going back to even revisit the whole dragon quest series i did play dragon warrior on the nintendo Mm. um i think it was just given to me because it was just given to everybody yeah (laughs) and i played it but i didn't enjoy it as much as 
Final Fantasy, which I also was lucky enough to have as part of my NES collection. Anyway, I digress. Now I'm coming back to it, and I, I'm hot and heavy for it. I decided, you know, I hear all these people talking about Dragon Quest, and I love Dragon Quest because this new game's coming out. Let me look into what are the best Dragon Quest games that have come out in this very long series that is beloved in Japan, more so than Final Fantasy, even. Mm-hmm. So I, I look up and I see Dragon Quest Eight. One of the greatest Dragon Quests of all time. Looks pretty cool. It's got Toriyama's artwork. You're the Dragon Ball guy. Yeah, of course. So, so uh, artist you know, working man in Japan animation anime manga. Yeah, let's, manga. Let's, let's be fair. He does eight faces very well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I do like his style. I did grow up with uh, Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, and uh, of course, you got me into Doctor Slump. Yeah. Um, did you w- Did you read those? I got through a couple of the books. You gave me four, though. Funny. And, How about the yeah, son? How about the well, and that's the thing is that um, <laughs> if you're not familiar with his work and you only know him from Dragon Ball Z, or you're only familiar with his work because of even Dragon Quest, Dragon Ball Z, the dude is satirical. And okay. Dragon Ball was very yeah. satirical too. Dragon Ball Z just became a monster, very unwielding, wheelie monster that I guess got out of his own control. Where like he kept like kept having to do this thing that was supposed to be making fun of all these face punchy mangas and and animes at the time. I believe Super Saiyan invention. Mm, yeah, yeah. My power level is million. Your power level is ten million. Let me go in this chamber. Now it's twenty million. My <laughs> hair is blue now. Yeah, I yeah. know. That's a problem. Um, but I like the art style. I like how this game looks. I'm going to give it a shot. And I got to tell you, um, this is probably the worst possible time in my life to try to play a JRPG. <laughs> I've got construction going on in my house. I work long hours. I'm raising a child. I still have to find time to, you know, be a husband and a father. So I've been playing this on the 3DS, what makes it very convenient to fall asleep to in bed. <laughs> However, I'm slowly chipping away at it. And I'm enjoying it very much so. And it's it's hitting all these notes of nostalgia for me of the 8-bit and 16-bit era of having to grind and, and these fetch quests mm. and whatnot. And that might turn some people off. But for me, it's exactly what I wanted from an RPG. That And the 3DS makes it so convenient so I can jump in and out at my leisure. Um, now, because and, I'm ignorant to the series, it, mm-hmm. what system was this made for? The Advance or the... Oh, or okay. Snaz, so originally, Dragon Quest VIII came out on the PlayStation 2. And what's funny about this is, while I never purchased a Dragon Quest game, my brother Ryan did mm-hmm. when he was younger. And I, he's not into RPGs at all. He's into, like, first-person shooters and racing games. I don't know what possessed him as a child to purchase this but he purchased it and then immediately traded it back <laughs> to GameStop <laughs> so it was in our house for maybe a week if that whenever he could hitch a ride back to GameStop um I don't think he would have enjoyed it if he gave it the chance but I certainly would have yeah but now they re-released it on 3DS and a lot of the Dragon Quest games have been re- released either on the the DS or the 3DS so oh, now yeah. I want them all I want yeah, to yeah. play them all because I'm enjoying this one. I even downloaded Dragon Quest three for my mobile phone and then secretly try to buy Dragon Quest five for the DS, although my wife found out oh, and took oh. it away from me. And now it's my Christmas present to myself, which I have to wait for Christmas to open. <laughs> 
Oh, by the way, kid, you don't need the PlayStation. You need the Prey Station. Oh, is that a thing? Was is that on that is was that like the thing. watch and pray signs? That you was know, that was a thing that? when the when the PlayStation was corrupting the youth of America. Mm. That was a sign. Gotcha. You need a pray station. <laughs> you sort of had to pray that your PlayStation wouldn't overheat and warp the laser, <laughs> re, the laser beam. Yeah, make sure um, it's got a lot of room around it. Don't sandwich it between two VCRs. You've seen my actual PlayStation 1s in that one PlayStation episode we did yeah. uh, about Should Be Arcade Weekly. And that's my actual PlayStation. The one PlayStation had a... a I used an X-Acto knife with a cigarette lighter to heat mm-hmm. my X-Acto knife and cut this most horrible-looking rectangle right over the power coil. Just to get some breathing uh, yeah. space? And then the other one I just took apart and would just play it naked. That's how that went. That's nice. Okay, Dragon I, Balls, I, I, what happens? I, I mean, uh, ball, ball, balls, slime balls, what do you do? It's like what you'd expect from a very traditional JRPG. Uh, you're going out. Actually, that's not true. What I did like about Dragon Quest Eight was the, the fact that the storyline opens up and you're this soldier who is uh, working for a king who has been transformed. I believe the, the full title of Dragon Quest Eight is Journey of the Cursed King. Mm. The king has been cursed by this sort of Kefka-like character. You know, Kefka from uh, Final Fantasy IV. Yeah, he, he was all about the Oedipus complex. Right. The, this uh, this big bad is Demongus, and he reminds me very much of Kefka and the fact that he's like this clown, prince, wizard type of thing that wants to rule the world. But it doesn't open with this whole thing that it's the end of the world and you're the only person who can save the world. It's really like you're this soldier, you got a cursed king, his daughter, the princess has been transformed into a horse. That was her curse. His curse is he's some sort of like toadish goblin looking creature. And uh, you're teamed up with a bandit and the, the four of you are just traveling uh, the countryside dejected because you've been kicked out of your kingdom. And what you find out later is all the inhabitants of your kingdom have been transformed into like vines and, um, and foliage, that type of thing, which reminds me of the uh, Shakespearean play Titus Andronicus, where the protagonist's daughters are mutilated and turned into these like trees. Oh, right, 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 right. Their limbs are cut off. It's it's not as gruesome as that, but it it reminded me of that. So it is interesting to be knocked on your ass right from the beginning. It does follow many of the other types of tropes that you would see in a JRPG where there's fetch quests and um, you're constantly grinding where you have to go and fight little enemies over and over again so you can get enough experience as well as money to get better equipment. But then there was little nods and then, okay, this is pretty inventive and that's pretty inventive. And then realizing as I looked further into the series that like, oh no, this is something that's been happening since Dragon Quest 2, but mm-hmm. you just didn't know because this is your first real attempt at a Dragon Quest game. And the, the things I'm talking about are, uh, there's alchemy, where you can build items with an alchemy pot by collecting different materials, raw materials, and finish them into either potions you can use or actual weapons. There's a day and night cycle where the enemies 
change whether it's day or night and they're harder in the evening and some enemies you want to fight for different reasons so you have to select what time of the day you go to certain areas and this cool, there was this real cool feature that I, I sucked right into where I'm like, hey, I'm I'm going to uh, stop playing the main quest right now because I'm just enjoying this where there's this Pokemon snap element to it where you're actually given a camera and you're given certain tasks. And it might be, you know, I hear that there's this particular tower when the sun hits it, it looks like this. Go out and take a picture of that. Or I heard there's this type of enemy in this specific area. Go out and take a picture of that. Come back and I'll reward you. And I was like, wow, this is a really cool minigame. So there's stuff like that. And I've just recently unlocked another minigame within the game itself where you can find monsters of note and then recruit them to join your fight club. And then you can have them fight Mm. other fight clubs in this arena for money. And there's also this gambling aspect, which I'm like, oh, it's cool. There's some casino stuff in here. But then I again, found out that this has always been a part of Dragon Quest. I'm just late to the series. Yeah, I'm digging it. I think if you did like JRPGs back in the day, like I did, like a Final Fantasy or Illusion of Gaia, Secret of Evermore, like those are the games that I I would play by renting, (laughs) which is, again, horrible. I think you'll find something out of this particular one. Now, I can't speak for... Uh, Dragon Quest V, because that was taken away from me, and rightfully so, because I'm not even finished with <laughs> eight yet. Um, but what I will say about Dragon Quest Three is if you're looking for more of the early 8-bit Final Fantasy types uh, of elements in a Dragon Quest game, you're going to find it in Dragon Quest Three, where you can actually build your party. So like in Final Fantasy One, where I want... I want to go out there and have four red mages. You can do kind of the same thing in, in Dragon Quest Three, but I'm not very deep into that one right now. But it was just silly how quickly I got sucked into the Dragon Quest series. And and you wouldn't think having so much other things going on around my life, I'd have time for one of these hundred hour or or more jrpgs but because of the way i'm playing it it's very comforting and it's like comfort food it's you know you cuddle up in bed you play for a few minutes when the 3ds smacks you in the face you know it's time for bed you just close it (laughs) put it off to the side and when you're ready to go back and play some more you open it back up and hey there you are and so far thankfully unlike other games that i've tried to do this with i have not forgotten where i was when i jump back oh yeah yeah sure sure yeah yeah, that's why I can't finish a lot of the games I started. I do want to say the polygonal, but it, they do a good job at realizing Toriyama's artwork. So it really does feel, it feels like you're playing a cartoon, <laughs> but it does. It feels like you're playing one of Toriyama's other well-developed games. Like they, they, I know people poo-poo on them now, but back in the day, everyone was very impressed with the Dragon Ball fighting game on PlayStation 2, the Budokai series. Because it was like, oh, I'm actually playing a Dragon Ball Z cartoon. Now I saw the uh, the new one recently at a uh, video game convention. And my God, that does look like you're actually playing the cartoon. It looks like it's a Laserdisc game you can actually control. Wow. Uh, yeah, but this polygonal world for uh, Dragon Quest, very fleshed out. It feels very big and open. It does a good job at having certain gates that keep you in an area until you're ready to go into the next area, but it doesn't feel like you're constrained, if that makes sense. It does a good job of, of keeping you where you're supposed to be. And according to everybody I read online, if you're going to start playing a Dragon Quest game, this is the one to start with. And I would I, I would recommend it because I am having fun with it. 
does it carry over the humor? Yes, there is humor, and some of it's corny. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see some of Toriyama's influence there with the expressive nature of it, where like there can be a very serious moment, but there's a character in the background making a goofy face and that type of thing <laughs> that you would see in a Dragon Ball or a Dr. Slump. Great. Good. What have you been playing lately? Well, I've been playing lately. I played that uh, Nintendo Switch. Oh, tell me about this. Well, I've, I've had it for maybe half a year. It's been months. I know that. Yeah. And I've only ever played it as a handheld. You're not alone in this. I hear a lot of people strictly only play it as a hand. I want to play it on my television, but I don't have anybody to come over because I want to do that boxing thing. That boxing thing's still up at, what it's called, ARMS. It's still like $65. Oh my gosh, every game for that system costs still like $65. It's it's wacky. It's wow. wacky how expensive those games are. And they're little Hue cards, right? <laughs> yeah, they're they're really tiny ones. Yeah, they're really tiny ones. They're interesting looking. We're, they're a little we're bulky. a little late to this joke, but how do they taste? Taste good. They taste like uh, Tide packets. Oh, see, you ruined my joke. Where oh. I was going to say, you know, a lot of people say that they're they're sour in taste, but if you if you just double up with a Tide Tide pod <laughs> on there, they actually taste quite good. Yeah, I don't know anything about either of these jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Discord. I'm too old. (laughs) Yeah. So I did that. I got back into my Nintendo 3DS, and as a Mm. matter of fact, I went because I um, that system's gonna die, huh? Well, the 3DS. Yeah, it's when I. I mean, I love. This is too long of a story. This is too long of a story. But let me let me put it. No, no. Let me put it this way. Something happened, and then something else happened. Like you two, I've been going through a lot of construction. I've been going through things with my mom where Mm -hmm. she doesn't understand things, and I have to spend two days to try to repeat things over and over again with a lot of patience and a lot of non-triggering. I have to be very delicate going through some things with her brain, you know, onset of dementia and stuff like this. Sure. There's that. There's trying to get a fiancé visa for my soon-to-be wife and, uh, you know, dealing with the politics of that, dealing with living alone uh, in the trapdoor mansion, which I'm renovating like four rooms at the same time and finding dildos in the ceiling and things like this. It's not Uh, a joke. No, it's not a joke. You actually did. So uh, there's just a lot of things going on. but So I don't really remember how it all came about by getting back into the 3DS, but I did. And somehow, some reason, oh, I I think I started playing Luigi. I had owned it for a while. I didn't even realize I owned it. Like, I bought it inexpensively um, at one of these GameStops. Mm, I got a story real quick about Luigi's Mansion. Okay. For the, for the uh, GameCube. Yeah, uh, this man, was another one that my brother. Ever. So my brother grew up in the PlayStation 2 GameCube era. That, those were like his first systems. And I would see him make the dumbest maneuvers with the games that he would buy. <laughs> and a buddy of ours, Johnny Capcom, now is in possession of this game that my brother Ryan traded uh, Luigi's Mansion to GameStop for, and that game was Ford versus Chevy for the PlayStation Two. And even though he was probably eight or nine, I gave him so much shit about trading Luigi's Mansion for that garbage game. 
He traded Luigi, Luigi's Mansion, man. got store credit, and wasted it on Chevy versus Ford, which subsequently was a terrible game. Oh, yeah. Um, but, but for some reason, that stayed in the goddamn household forever, <laughs> so I could give it away to somebody as a joke. But good games like Dragon Quest Eight and uh, Luigi's Mansion did not survive. Luigi's Mansion like changed my life. It was such a great mechanic. You, you felt like you were sucking those ghosts so hard. Wow. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Did you have you played the the Ticket Redemption version of this game, Luigi's no. Mansion? Uh-uh. I, I don't know what the actual title is, but they actually they have a big light gun or light vacuum. Oh wow! Arcade game that you can play now at your Dave and Buster's, and uh, they give you tickets. Or, or credits onto your card for scoring well. If you're lucky enough to get it before the animals get there and destroy it, um, <laughs> the vacuum sensation is incredible. And they also have fans built into the uh, machine because you sit inside like a cockpit oh, and you okay. and a buddy can sit in there. And it does different gimmicks as you're going on rails through this haunted house where it like will blow air in your face or behind your head to like blow cold air on your neck and stuff like that. Wow. The little suction plunger type vacuum lights mm-hmm. up and moves. It, it's it's cool. There's a lot of cool ticket redemption machines out there right now, and that's one of them. But I'm sorry. Continue. So you're you're playing Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon for the 3DS. Exactly. And I bought it from the GameStop and then I realized that wait, I already paid for this like <laughs> 2 <laughs> years ago or when, whenever it came out. I didn't know that Still I had it on download. No, I was on download. Oh, okay. it was already on, I mean it was on my freaking system. Like <laughs> I didn't even realize that. But I started playing and I was like, Jesus Christ, this is so hard to see cuz I had the first I had the first Nintendo 3DS. Yeah. And so I have a Best Buy card. I was like, I really want to play this game, but I want to get that newer one with tracks your eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then uh, I noticed that, wait a minute, there's this 3DS here, and then there's this other DS again. Or I don't know if they call it, they don't call it the 3DS, it's just a DS. I'm like, wait a minute, this is newer. What am I, what's going on here? So they're just dropping the three. You, the, uh, one of the greatest things about this three 3ds was that 3d screen worked you know yeah yeah it's now that they called it the 2ds yeah that's for a while it. maybe 2DS. they're just calling it a, a ds now no, that, I don't know. that's that's what it was called the 2ds yeah yeah i was looking and for my thing i was like when wait it first i gotta came out, find it was just it. like a hunk of plastic you know where the screens were you couldn't fold it shut but now Whoa. they're coming out where it's just like no 3d we talked about it too although i shouldn't waste a good what have you been playing uh but there's a game that just came out recently that i was very excited about getting for the 3ds mm-hmm. i had yeah. to stop playing dragon quest 8 yeah and get this game and, and play it to completion at least in story mode to the end not a single 3d feature was used in it and i i couldn't tell if that was a good thing or bad thing um well, this particular game I would have thought would utilize that in some capacity and didn't. Maybe it was would have been too hard to play, especially if you had the DS like mine. But the only reason I want to tell this story is because when I got the new DS, uh, Nintendo should have fucking repaid everybody that bought the original Nintendo 3DS <laughs> and gave them money on top of that. Because... This is not a little difference. This is not oh, a little huge. bit more power from something, you know. It is unbelievably different. 
you rarely get your head out of a position to be able to see the 3D properly. Really? I was getting a headache from trying to play Luigi on my original 3DS. The new 3DS, it's it's like, why did you ever release that other thing? And why haven't I got a class action suit against these people to refund all of your money and put these in a big pile next to the ETs? Okay, so <laughs> do, do you remember when the DS first came out and then a uh, little down the road, the DS Lite came out. Would you say that that jump is comparable, or would you say the jump between the original DS? Well, not at all, because this has to do with your eyeballs and not getting your eyeballs crossed. Sure. Many people I know, when they got the Zelda, uh, you know, I was like, oh, that must be pretty cool. I hate Zelda. That must be pretty cool in 3D and everything. And she was like, I turned the 3D off. (laughs) Yeah, well, see, now my wife has the original yeah i don't know what color it's the red one but it's the original smaller version and then i have the second iteration of the 3ds where it's larger i don't know what that one's called xl i guess yeah that's what i got and so they come into galaxy note colors so that that one was great but yeah the 3d was still an issue hers i can't even look at with the 3d because oh my god small so i do have on my wish list if anyone's listening the new 3ds so Mm. i can give her my one so she doesn't have to strain her eyes anymore and i can get the one that you're talking about with the uh eye tracking i had the xl even back then oh yeah i was already an old man very first one yeah i was already an old man by that time so i I needed everything xl but uh yeah just horrible 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 and I don't even think it's the, the eye tracking is because sometimes I play it in the dark. Well, maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know. Listen, I don't know what technology this. This isn't even what I wanted to talk about. But just the screen itself, you could really even crank it, you know, all the way really? to the top of the 3D. It just looks so good. And I, I got to tell you, this is another thing. And once again, I didn't want to talk about this. But when people came over and, you know, 3D televisions kind of dead too only people yeah. still supporting is like disney because they want to make their movies in 3d for some reason that doesn't even that don't even have 3d effects of like an arrow flying at you or something we don't give me something no mm. you just see in the depth you don't see into right. towards you like you did in creature to black lagoon or uh, some older titles oh like boy. that yeah those yeah. are good ones those are really good uh, a spear is right there by me. Now, mm. I don't get that sensation from the TV. But let me tell you this. When we played, like, even crappy games for the PlayStation, like their Road Rage Riot thing by mm. Sony, when people came over and played the games in 3D and the pinball in 3D and even, like, first-person shooters, which I don't care for very much in 3D, they couldn't believe it. It was just amazing and playing games in 3d on the 3ds are really great too if they take advantage of that so i'm baffled it definitely was not replaced by vr because they should have a vr game it's like a WarioWare where you do different mini games Mm -hmm. and the thing is who could not throw up first yeah that's how you score I think that I think you touched on it though. I think the reason why these things haven't taken off is the fact that they require you to put something onto your face to enjoy them, which is why I really dug 
I remember you and I talked about this on the show years and years ago when the 3DS was coming out. Yeah. And I said, uh, I thought this thing was going to be super successful because they finally figured out a way to do 3D instead of coming it at you. It's depth. Yeah. So it's going into the device instead of out of the device. And we were talking about lenticular television lent- screens. Exactly. And, and it was basically using the same technology behind lenticular printing, which is, for people who aren't aware is the like hologram printing, but not holograms. It's those cards that you get with the lines where you can flip it and two images happen. Or if somebody's very good at it, they can actually produce a 3D depth where it looks like there's a hole in the table if you put the little coaster down that has mm-hmm. lenticular print on there. Mm-hmm. Hologram printing, like um, when you get your Spider-Man comic, there'd be that sticker up in the corner of Spider-Man's head. That's a different thing, but regardless. The fact that they were u- utilized that technology into screens was incredibly impressive to me, and I'm still very impressed by it. I'd be interested to see how much better it does look because I haven't had a lot of experience with the new 3DS, but it looks like even Nintendo is abandoning the hardware in favor of the switch and and rightfully so i think they after the wii u they kind of hedged their bets and they're like look we're doing the 3ds or this switch thing one of these things are going to sink and whatever it is we're going to go on to the other ship and i don't know 3ds is still like the the games for that are still really high in price they're still high in price and people are still producing stuff for them i just i can't see them supporting both platforms for very long i think there's already been some murmurs that the 3DS will eventually not be getting any further support, at least mm. not from them. Mm-hmm. But I think it's still a viable system because you can get like three handfuls of DS games for half a bag of Funyuns now at a local <laughs> retro game store. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, but they don't they, they don't have the, the cases. <laughs> no, they'll charge you twelve dollars for a Mario duck a duck hunt cart, but a, a DS game, two bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I told you the last the last convention we did, mm. and I showed you. You see that game over there? That, that's a video game, yeah. and because it had a box and it had instructions, and that's that's called a video game. When you buy just this loose piece of plastic, it just that's not a video game, man. That that's like half of a thing. It's not even half a thing. I'm not saying that a game isn't valuable. That's why you buy fucking games to play the games, but. Yeah. The experience of getting a video game was all of that. The box, the people that wrote the copy for what's happening in the game. Sometimes you get a backstory. You Mm -hmm. learn the name of these creatures that don't have names in the game. Yeah. Um, You learn about creatures like, what was it? A schmick? A smick? Yeah. From, uh, what was that? Gyromite. Oh, it is Gyromite. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, 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 right. Monsters are called. Yeah, 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 exactly. I learned all the R-type monsters and, you Mm -hmm. know, all that type of stuff. Now I bought a, I I, I don't know if it was, I bought some, oh, I bought that uh, Kingdom Hearts remix, 1.5, 2.5. Diving head first into something. Yeah, well, you know, I always liked that concept. And sure. now that they have, they own Pixar and they own uh, the Hulk and they, you know, they own Marvel, they own, um, 
what other thing? Oh, Lucas, a Star Wars. So they own all these things. And yeah. it's like, these games are going to be interesting. This Kingdom Hearts 3 coming out. Or what, I think that's what it's called. Yeah, so I thought, okay, I'm going to get Donald it. and Sora on the set of American Graffiti. It's wild. <laughs> it's crazy, man. <laughs> They're like, uh, it was the one Mama and Papa's, the girl from the, the girl that was a baby of the Mama's and the Papa's. I don't know which mom and papa, but it was one of them. Uh, well, at least two of them. So, and, and anyway, this is so sidetracked. This is so sidetracked. But I, I got I'm this thing it, brand new. I got this thing brand new. And uh, no instructions. It's like, yes, what I know. the hell? And th- I showed you a screenshot. There's like eight different Kingdom Heart games. Mm-hmm. And what the fuck am I supposed to play? For? Am I supposed to start from the bottom and go to the top or the top and go to the bottom? There's no numbers on these things. So I thought, I'm going to play, of course, Kingdom Hearts Final Mix. Because mm-hmm. that's got to be the first one, the final one. <laughs> and then I I'm told playing. You, there's like a whole... Because the way that they were released yeah. are not the canonical order no. of the series. Yeah. So there's whole like wiki articles on what game you're supposed to play to follow the story. I get anxiety just thinking about that series. Listen. I like the idea of it, but yeah. any, and I tried it too. Yeah, uh, me too. Uh, back in the PlayStation 2 days when yeah. I think that the, just the first one and I'm building a gummy ship and I'm just like, I don't, <laughs> first of all, it takes forever to see any recognizable characters. Yeah. And then when you finally do see recognizable characters, you're like kind of in this Tim Burton world and it's not Nightmare for, Before Christmas. It just you know, is the dark, gloomy, twisted, everyone's wearing stripes for some reason. It's always Halloween. Every night's uh-huh. Halloween. And that sounds cool, but it's not a cool Halloween. Um, <laughs> that's what they need. Well, Jack Skellington is actually in this one. I, I know that's going to happen. I haven't Disney gotten... needs to buy the rights to the Halloween series with Michael Myers. Because no, I would love to see that in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I c- e- even at that early stage of that series, I was like, uh, this is too confusing, too much. I'm, I'm out. Like I said, I started with Final. I can tell you what. Looks like shit. I don't, yeah. know what, I don't know what I bought. This ain't a remix. I bought a PlayStation 1 game. Really? This is for the iPad. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Uh, so I guess it's just... A compilation of all the games that came before it. They didn't even blur it up a little bit. It doesn't look like any polygons were at it. If this is really what's coming out for the PS4, holy Christ, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> so, like I said, you know, I don't know enough about this stuff, but you're absolutely right. I spent my first two hours collecting coconuts and jumping over. <laughs> yeah, collecting coconuts, basically. That's what I did. <laughs> Collect the seagull them, egg. Jumping over them, going yeah, you, underneath them. You jump them. You you collect them. You got a wooden sword. Well, here's Collectible. here's. <laughs> I do have the Star Wars, the Darth Vader version of the PSP. But here's the thing: like you were talking about, what normally happens in a JRPG, you start out with all your power, and then you lose the whole power and you start from scratch so yeah those are i guess the two ways to do it you start with nothing or you start with everything and then you go from there so you did that and you also got to pick oh you know would you be like pinocchio or would you be like (laughs) geppetto those aren't the real questions but i'm going to say they are and so you answer this series of questions of 
you know, do you like to be a hero or do you like to go out like a crazy person? And oh, I, I forgot to mention that, that that is an integral part of Dragon Quest three as well. They have okay. this personality test in the beginning. Yeah, yeah okay, and I, cool. I felt insulted by it, so I had to retake the test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I guess you, you sort of roll up your character a little bit and then you get into the grind and grind. And you grind in this game. Yeah. Oh, and you grind in Luigi. You know, you? Whenever you see, yeah, when you see some mice, you uh, just try to get them with the flashlight. And if they respawn, you spend, you know, 15, 20 minutes in there just shining your flashlights on mice and turn them into coins. So you can grind on that, too. Um, anyway, yeah, so I looked at it and it looks like poop. And I... I I'm talking about this and people are probably yelling at the radios, but I guess it just wasn't what I was, what I was expecting. Although you do sure. get to see Donald Duck and you get to, now here's, I don't like Disney and I've said this before. Uh, I hate Mickey Mouse. You know, I hate him. Steamboat Willie. Okay. I like him, but Mickey Mouse. Wait, I, hate wait, wait, Mickey, wait. What, I remember what, you hit me. having a conversation when we were very excited about the dream that Warren Spector had for Epic Mickey that it did not yes. turn out to be what Epic Mickey was. That was because of the painting element and that's because it had Bruno in it. Was well, no, but we were also interested in the fact that Warren Spector wanted to dial it back to a time where Mickey Mouse actually had a personality and wasn't yeah. just a mascot. So like Mickey Mouse could be a dick. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 or yeah, yeah. He, trickster. he could be envious, or he was a trickster, and that yeah. didn't happen because Disney was like, "No, Warren Spector, you're not doing that." <laughs> but who, we got who did Oswald, the Lucky Rabbit? Be yeah, happy Oswald, that. Oswald. That's it. But th that was also because of the painting element. I was interested mm -hmm. in, and mm -hmm. very much because of Oswald. We did see that Steamboat Willie thing play out uh, through the history of Mickey Mouse uh, for the originally for the Sega CD. And I did like that game. But that was at a time when they were making pretty good Disney games. Unfortunately, the protagonist was always, you know, Ronald McDonald or whatever his name is, Mickey Mouse. Right. But I, I hate Mickey Mouse. But that's why I love Donald Duck. And I love Scrooge McDuck. I love Donald Duck. They have because personality. Yeah. Donald Duck hates Mickey Mouse, too. Yeah. Well, so now isn't they that even, funny? They've, they've changed that as well. But isn't that funny that I like I like Disney, but I only like Donald Duck because he hates another Disney character, which is still Disney. So, yes. you know, it's kind of this weird uh, paradox juxtaposition. It's a world glitch. Right. Uh, so let's talk about what I really wanted to damn talk about. I want to talk about our good friends at Anki. And I actually wanted to talk about this before before Vector came out. If you don't know about Cosmo and Vector, they're, they're robots that Anki makes. And they're the damn best robots that you can get today, especially Vector. These are toys you're talking about? They're not toys. They're really I'm robots. Sorry, but they're, they're, they're okay. They're physical yeah. robots. They're it's really not a video robots. game you're talking about, right? Exactly. No, but they don't interact with... Don't toys. They interact with... <laughs> <they interact, laughs> I will talk about a toy. So let me first get to the toy. If the best... The, the ERS-110 came out and that came out in 1999, and that was the ERS-110 IBO robot, okay? Robot dog. But he had mm -hmm. the floppy ears, and he had the longer tail. And I wasn't really too into him. I didn't really care about it. 
And then there was an ERS at 111 and, uh, you know, whatever, 99. The ERS 210 came out, and this was the first robot dog I paid for. And these things were like two grand, $2,500. Wow. In 1998 money? Was that I, one of the. No, I think came it came out, out probably, in, probably in 2000. I really can't remember what the two, when the 210 came out. Well, a few years later, 210 came out, and that one I really liked because. It looked like a robot. It was blocky, and it looked like a robot, but it was a dog. So mm-hmm. it was a dog, and it was a robot, and it could go around on its own, and it can listen to you, and it sometimes listen to you. It could chase its pink ball, and it get mad at you, and it grew up. It would learn more tricks as you went and do things like this. And that was a real robot. You know, other things were out at that time that had wheels on them, and it's supposed to be a robot. But it was just a remote control thing. You didn't right. even have remote control capabilities with the ERS-210 initially. When his Wi-Fi card came out and you shoved that up his ass, then <laughs> you you could look through his eyes and you could do different things and make him go this way and that way instead of telling him to do those things. Right. But you can learn your name and, you, and uh, you, he learned his name. You can call him whatever. My guy's name was Max because I loved the Macintosh and I thought M-A-X was cool. And also my first RoboForce giant robot that I loved was Max, Max Steel. Nerd alert! Yeah. No one knows about these things because, <laughs> no, you know, no they were all dead when this came out because it was before they were born. But then the ERS-220 uh, came out. Well, there, first there were these latte dogs that came out, and they were little puppies. And they were kind of cool, but they looked like Jetsons, something from the Jetsons. Mm-hmm. But the ERS-220 came out, and that was a robot dog, too. But it was way too robot. It didn't even have ears. It didn't have a tail. It was just sleek. It had an antenna on its head that you would tell it's a good boy, it's a good, you know, good doggy best. And it didn't even have a tail. It just had this series of buttons and lights. And that could do it. Can it do like everything. <laughs> it, it really it did, except that it didn't have wheels on. It wasn't a little midget inside of there making the thing mm-hmm. go. Billy Barty wasn't in there. And it could walk a lot faster. It could do a lot of things. And I love him because he'll do whatever he wants all alone. He'll be happy by himself. He'll be doing these songs and, and really doing these melodies in his head. And he'll be dancing by himself and not really caring. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he didn't dance like the other stupid and dogs at that how time. going to murder you. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what it did too. But I mean, the but the two ten is still my favorite. Now they come out with this new. I don't even know what it's called. This new Sony eyeball, eyeball. <laughs> they came out with the new Sony eyeball, and it's still very expensive, two grand, twenty five hundred dollars, wow. something like that. But here's the problem: it can do all these things. It could do face recognition like the other ones can, but it could do, be do even more. It could find its stand to charge itself. It could want to be happy when you came home. It's really like an incredible robot dog. Problem is, it looks exactly like a dog. It looks like a toy. Oh. I don't want a toy robot dog. No, it doesn't have fur. Oh. But it looks like a dog and, and all this other bullshit. No, I want a fucking robot dog. I don't want a toy dog that happens to be robotic. And that's what this is. This is a toy dog. Now you're talking about a toy dog. You're not talking about a robot dog anymore. And that's just ridiculous. And it's, it loses everything to it. And it's a lot smaller uh, because, you know, and it has like 150,000 actuators and all these touch sensors. Well, the ERS-210 had a lot of things like that, too. But 
the ERS-210 is awesome because it looks like a dog, and it can do dog things, and it can pee. It can lift its leg on certain things if it feels funny. Um, And his paws have sensor. He could shake. He could say he's he's not in the mood for things. And he goes, and he'll do things like, like that. So, so that it's does like tie. In, yeah, that does tie in, tie in a little bit of uh, robot, but that's enough of yeah. robot. But Anki have makes, you ever seen the yes. uh, the documentary about the kids in the hall doing like their first live tour together in a long time? I think it's called Tour of Duty. Yes, yes, I have seen that with Scott Thompson struggling with the goddamn Ibo uh, robot no, dog. He, no, so for his <laughs> buddy Cole imagine. monologue. I trying to get this. this robot dog to work, but he didn't realize that like you have to train it and it has to get used to you or whatever and learn yeah, your commands. Life, yeah, yeah. So this thing would just like you know go to sleep on stage <laughs> and didn't like work at all, and then eventually they just got him the uh, the flipping dog that you would get <laughs> at, like at KB. Yeah. You know, KB would have a bin of all these different uh-huh. like animals that would flip and jump. Yeah, yeah they got him that instead. <laughs> <laughs> One of the funnier bits in that documentary. I'm struggling with I, the robot. I got to rewatch that. Yeah, he was sort of like Pino. He's sort of like Pino when you first get him. Yeah, worthless. <laughs> Pino, the worthless robot. But there were cracks for that. You know, like immediately people started hacking uh, eyebows so that Doom on your eyebow. <laughs> no, you could play. You could play like Saturday Night Fever, but it okay. played this like flute sound before it would play the song. So it mm. could go like, like something you'd hear out of Willy Wonka. And okay. that somehow programmed him so that when the music started, he actually danced entirely to that song all choreographed. Oh, but okay. it wasn't like he was hearing it. He wasn't hearing it. He just did those maneuvers because someone sat there and programmed him, but played this crazy flute that sent this transmission to him uh, to dance to these different songs. It was, it was kind of interesting. Hmm. But yeah, so mine were all hacked. They were already adults by the time he got them. And then there were things where he was hacked to actually have a person's voice and everything else, like way before Siri and stuff like that. That talk about so creepy. creepy. Yeah, talk about creepy. Hello, I'm your pet robot dog. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's exactly how he talked. Scratch uh, my belly. <laughs> So since then, there hasn't really been a very good robot until Anki created Cosmo. And although Cosmo interacts with your phone and there's music coming out of your phone, plus Cosmo's doing his own thing. Cosmo can go on his own and say he wants to play a game. He can recognize you, say your name. Mm -hmm. You uh, you can't name. I don't think you name Cosmo anything except Cosmo. Um, But I wanted to do this before Vector came out because Vector like blows away Cosmo Vector doesn't need to be started on his charging stand and he just stays awake all the time. Mm-hmm. He will be happy to see you. Well, he could do things, <laughs> but, but he's really, really tiny and he looks like a little forklift. You must check out this company. You can pick up Cosmo and hopefully Vector Vector's out already. Uh, fortunately, I, supported their kickstarter and so evidently i own one but my guy is coming really late i should have had him last week so anyway this is really i I muse about you know have you ever been so depressed you want to buy a wonder swan Uh, (laughs) you actually do it and then you forget about these things that you purchase yeah yeah, they just show up at your house i do i was like that's that's how i started my game and watch collection (laughs) all right then i got a handle on 
uh-huh uh-huh okay shut up so uh yeah so if you don't have a cosmo i bought mine secondhand by the way so i didn't even have the experience of how nice the anki uh packaging is mm-hmm. uh he's a robot he can do things by himself they program so much personality in here he's not like siri they'll just answer you with a human voice and most of the time doesn't understand you he yeah. most of the time doesn't understand you too but the new version vector does understand you he could tell you the weather he can tell you different things and he doesn't just say you know, I'm not sure about that. And a lot of times he doesn't talk in a voice. And that's what I really like about him because he'll, you see his emotion. And they spent so much time putting emotion into this Cosmo, into this vector. Most of the time was spent putting emotion into this guy. And he really, rea- like, he can play game, lots of neat games with you. Uh, he has these three blocks, which he can stack. You can also make him knock over the blocks like a, like a jerk. You know, Mm -hmm. you have these blocks and you have to wait for the right color to come up. And then you try to tap it before Cosmo taps his. And if he doesn't win enough, he gets very, very sad. So sometimes you have to let him win. (laughs) Now, now the new one, he can do this with his eyeballs and play blackjack against you with his eyeballs. And, you know, do you want to stay or do you want another card? It's really interesting, these types of games that he wants to play. One is a f- stupid fucking fist bump. Okay. And I don't want to see things dancing anymore. Every robot that come out dances. That's a big D- selling point. He dances. Can, but can they dab? <laughs> probably. Yeah. Probably. I, I would imagine they do. I, I have a feeling that Pino can probably dab. It's just that you never get to that stage. <laughs> it's actually a system error when he does it. Yeah, exactly. So I don't even want to talk about Cosmo, and I don't want to what talk. What do about, you want to talk about? I want to talk about a thing called Anki Overdrive, which was first introduced in 2015, and you can also buy this at your Best Buy store. And I feel so sorry for Anki Overdrive because nobody knows what the fuck this is. I can't tell if we're talking about a toy again or if it. Well, we are actually talking about both. The things that I like about this is people complain about no more things happening in real life. Well, Cosmo, Vector, they happen on your phone. You interact with them on the phone. You hear background music of them on your phone. You can tell them what to do on your phone and things like this. But not as interactive as Overdrive. Overdrive is a slot racing game. Minus the slots. And... What happens is you get your little race car, and they're a little bit bigger than, well, they're a lot bigger. They're twice as big as your standard race car. And there's all different types of them. There's the one with a skull on it, and I think he's called Skull Crusher. I I can't remember. Maybe not. But I know one's called, uh, (laughs) I forget the names of all of them now. There's Icebreaker, but he's one of the super trucks. I didn't want to talk about super trucks yet. There's all different types, you know, Ground Shaker and uh, all these types of things. And I'll tell you why they're called these things in a moment. But let me first talk about the track. The track has no slots on it. And the track is very thick and it can take four cars or vehicles at one time. Four people can play this at one time, or you could race wow. three other computers or two people against two computers or just mm-hmm. one person running around like a moron. But it's controlled with your phone. You give it the gas pedal. You don't really have to steer if you don't want to. 
Uh, it will go around the track by itself and just using the gas, you stop yourself from spinning out and do all the things that you normally do with a slot car. That doesn't mean that it's not going to fly off the track. It will. But if you really learn how to take turns properly and uh, whatever, whatever, and you build the track properly and maybe you have guardrails up in certain places, you're going to do pretty well. You can do a whole race without flying off. My buddy and I had so much fun. Normally, you take an hour. If you don't have your, your racetrack set up, you take an hour and you bust off the tabs of your <laughs> racetrack <laughs> and snap it all together. And then you do like loop-de-loop -loop, and then you, you do two races and you're like, oh, yeah, this is why I don't play this. And then you spend the rest mm -hmm. of the time taking it apart and put it back, trying to fit it back in the box. These are very wavy type of tracks and they can work upside down or right side up. And they have magnets in the two ends. And because they're so wide, you can set up track styles like that. Okay. Uh, because these things just magnet together. And nice. you could set up bank turns, ramps. And this is the first, the very first slot car type racing game I've ever played where the ramp actually works. <laughs> and i'll tell you why these things actually work they actually work because they are smart cars you put the car on the track you say scan track well actually the t telephone says <laughs> i'm going to call it the telephone okay no, the, 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 the iphone <laughs> or the it's better to play on the ipad actually will say would you like to scan or skip this step scanning track now and so all this music all the people that you're racing they're giving you shit over your iPad while the cars are racing in real in your living room or out so, in the yard. Okay, wait, let or me just... in a basement. So I'm, I'm wrapping my head around this. So you okay. build your track, it scans the track, you're playing against people in real life or you're playing against... Well, I'm, it's all real life. I, what I'm saying is, are you <laughs> playing with people locally in the same room or are you actually playing against people online with your track? No, you're playing in people in the same room. Okay, okay. Yeah, so sorry about that. Same room, but I'm saying that if you're playing by yourself and trying to unlock weapons mm. uh -huh, and unlock yeah, my, special yeah, skills, yeah. yes, then you go through a story mode where you go against other characters that give you shit. You know, oh, oh you're not going to get away with that again. And there's a Fast and the Furious set. <laughs> so you get to hear Vin Diesel say, well, I you gotta Groot. keep practicing, kid. Yeah, or whatever he says. I've got to keep right. practicing, kid. What, is he here? He's Lou Ferrigno. Yeah. Oh. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah. And then you get specialty cars with that. And, and with that one, you also get this one section of track that has a power... I can't remember what the I like like we said we don't have any notes in front of us. It's this no. power power segment and when you put the track together the first thing that happens is it says a power segment was recognized on this board or a ramp was recognized on this board. There's these things called super trucks too and they're three times the length of a regular car. All your different cars have different power-ups. Wow. So all right this is like, interesting. You have machine guns and it goes <laughs> And it lights up. Now, you, of course, you don't see fucking lasers flying at the cars in front of you. Uh, it's not augmented reality. It's just that you see things happening. You know that they're getting hit because there are lights on the other cars. And if you hit the other cars enough with your different things, one, my, one of my favorite is the grappling gun. Because 
you shoot the grappling gun at, at your opponent and you see them being pulled towards you in real life. So huh. even though you don't see these bullets flying and you don't, you know, I thought this is going to be so hokey. I just want to do sure. the, the speed races. But I'll tell you what, once you start playing it and you do shoot guided missiles or anything else, you see the tactile effect reflected in these things. And you since you hear the machine gun coming out of the car, I think, and also coming out of speakers on your on your phone, you get a real sensation that the, these things are really happening, you know, but, you know, it's just a. A track race game so you can't see them so right. i'm not even going to say you have to forgive that i'm going to just i'm just going to say that's how it is because you don't want fucking bbs and laser beams going all around your house yeah mom <laughs> will get upset and you don't want your watch to be magnetized to the big giant trucks and things like this mm-hmm. but there's like these scramblers so um in the one need for speed track if you hit that one power area, it looks just looks like a patch of mud. And if there's a car next to you, it'll make the car next to you just spin out and completely lose control of all its electronics and go cuckoo. Let me tell you about the super trucks because it might help uh, put the rest of this in perspective. And then I won't talk too much more about it, except to tell you that if you like any type of car racing, this is the ultimate. There's nothing like this. If you bought some other AIs that go around a track like the ones from Hot Wheels <clears throat> or this other one that is, is more like a soccer. thing until we started talking. So this well, is a very that's what I mean. thing. Yeah. That's what I mean. My buddy saw it. He couldn't believe it because we set up this track in my living room. I have a very large living room and, you know, we have figure eights going around. There's a section where you could crash into each other and X. It has to go underneath uh, some furniture because there's so much, but you could play this outside. You could play this anywhere. You have a big basement. If you have a go to work, you could set up as long as you could see the cars. Mm-hmm. You don't want to do it with cars where you can't see them. You could build tunnels if you want to, but you can put these tracks together in any way you want. And it, they have bank turn sets. They have all these other different types of sets so you can add on. Only buy them when they're going on sale. Let me tell you that because when paying fifty dollars for one like cars. A- like a department store or something? Or? Well, I bought you buy them right from Anki. Oh, or, okay. Or you go on to eBay and then you buy them for less. Except that eBay tends to not have a lot of buy it nows. And when they do have buy it nows, it's um, about the same price. Okay. So you just wait for a sale from Anki. They'll often do their 50% off sales. That's why I got the the Brave and the Bold. I mean, and this, Brave this and the an Furious. Imp- I've never heard of Anki. This is like an import brand? Nope. No. They're made in America, and these are okay. the people that build Cosmo and build the new oh, okay. uh, Vector. These are the two things that Anki builds, and they do them very, very well. And when I saw them in Best Buy, I know nobody was going down that aisle. And I, was, I couldn't believe Overdrive was here. Um, so... Here's the super truck. So my my buddy and I are playing against each other. And then we realize, hey, we could put other cars on the track, too. And then we realize, hey, what's this overtake mode? Overtake. Because there's all these different types of games you could play. You can play a straight race. You can play a destroy them all. You get to so many points of destroying different vehicles that then you win. There's like three or four different game modes. Well, there's this thing when you get a super truck, the only thing with super trucks is you can't have a ramp because the super trucks are so large that you can't have a ramp. But there's this thing called overtake. And what you do is you have two racers, 
or I think you might even be able to play it with computers. And the computer drives the the super truck around the track. You and your buddy try to destroy. Um, when you destroy a, a thing, it just stops. Stops for a little while. So mm-hmm. that's how you can get ahead of it and win, win laps and things like that. So it stops the super truck. Well, actually, I don't think it stops it. But what happens is you hit the super truck so many times and you score so many points on it that then you jump into the super truck. Now you're driving the super truck around and the computer takes over your car for a while as you're in control of the super truck. And the super truck can now hit rage mode. And we didn't read instructions on this. So we're like, rage mode? I don't care what it does. This is going to be fucking awesome. And we hit rage mode. And all of a sudden, your super truck goes ape shit, man. It just goes crazy. And it starts driving around like so fast that you didn't think it could ever do that. And then it, you, when you get inside of like the other other cars, you could just start destroying them like crazy until someone else hits the the truck enough and then they take over the truck so it's called overtake and mm-hmm. you know you destroy the, the opponent's vehicle so many times and then whatever each vehicle gets different types of power-ups some have a laser in their back some have a laser in their front some have magnets to their side they disrupt things to their side or they can disrupt things to the to the back or they could scramble scramble the other opponents and you unlock these as you go through the story mode a lot of people don't realize about this story mode is they just go from one character to the next to the next to the next to the next, but they don't realize that each character has these three stars. And you might get lucky and get two of the stars one time, but these three stars don't reflect that you beat them at a certain speed or you know something like that. These reflect right. that you've completed a certain challenge against that particular person because some of the challenges will be Beat him in a straight race with the track in a figure eight or maybe the track in just a standard oval mm-hmm. or beat the character with the track like this or that. So you actually do three different types of races against the different um, players and story modes to unlock these this money. And then you can spend money on whatever you want. And no, there's not pay to play where you could buy money. So thank you, Anki, for That's that. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I guess there's like this free play mode where you could have a lot of powers, but it has to be played against someone else. And they like sort of even you out or something. Um, So this Anki Overdrive, I implore you, if you like uh, racing games, this is it, man. And just to see the cars figure out what the track configuration is like, they'll both start going around slow, scanning the track. They'll come back to the start line, and then they'll start. Then they'll go real fast at like full speed, and then they'll they stop exactly on the start line. Like wow. it is magic to see them line perfectly up on the start line. And the reason that the ramps work is because if you're going too slow to get over the ramp, but you're going just fast enough to be that you should be able to hit that ramp right. It'll automatically speed your car up to the proper speed in order to make the jump. Now, if you're going, incredible. yeah, it's it's unreal. The and the the cars only take under ten minutes to charge, and they give you a four slot charger with with each set, and you can also buy extra ones because mm-hmm. I I ended up I think I have almost all the cars in the super trucks because this has been a part of my life for uh, yeah. a few years now. <laughs> 
anytime they had a 50% off sale or I like I said I go to eBay and get the ones that aren't as popular it's just so cool dude it's so cool because I wish they would get the uh, and maybe they have and I'm just not aware of it but like this sounds like it's ripe for the Speed Racer franchise oh my god would that be cool just zipping around as like snake oiler (laughs) taking out the Mach 5 or like Racer X or something like that and, and they could make the supercar yeah. Right? That's what it was called. The supercar? It was mm-hmm. a car that was, you know, like 100 feet long or whatever. A, but a they, supercar. They could build that and do fucking berserker mode on that. But, yeah, I am so impressed with this. I can't recommend it enough. Now, it would be really cool if they could make it like the Mechamon. I don't know if you've seen these Mechamon robots. I don't know uh, what that is. Well, it's too bad because I just found out what Discord Apple, was this evening. <laughs> because right now, I think Apple is the only place where you could buy Mechamon, and it's two hundred and fifty dollars. But it's a robot spider, okay. and these spiders can battle each other, sort of in a similar way. But they move amazingly. They only have four legs, but they move amazingly. They arch up and do these all all these movements like a spider. I don't own one because. I'm not going to pay $250 for a remote control thing. Plus, it'll scare the piss out of you. Uh, it, <laughs> it could. It could. walks into the room. Fuck this thing. <laughs> but it, it, re- it does look like a robot. So that's good. Yeah. And you can put different types of armor on it. And there's different color ones and all this other shit. But here's the, here's the kicker. It has the augmented reality mode. So okay. you're doing your robot spider, and you can look through your phone or your iPad, and you can see these alien spaceships coming towards you, and then you shoot your laser beams at them instead of shooting a laser, invisible laser beams at the other spider that you might be fighting if someone right. else can afford this. And up to four spiders can fight at a time for a measly $1,000. Wow. <laughs> no. yeah, it's expensive um, little hobby here. Yes. And by the way, in a few hours, the version 3 of the uh, Mechamon will be coming out. So uh, save up your money, kids, over the next few hours. And you can, you can, uh, sorry about this. I, That's all the notifications ha- we're hearing ha- right now. I happen to be engaged as someone that lives across the world in Thailand, which is absolutely a 12 hour difference uh, once daylight savings kicks in. Uh, right now it's a 13 hour difference. But anyway, so that happens. So I wanted to tell you a little bit about, about, oh my God, she sends me like 300. I love that she does line with me because I bought hundreds of dollars worth of stickers in line when it first came out and nobody in America did line. (laughs) I was going to say, and none of them did it with you, so. No. So it's wonderful that, you know, we get to send all these funny stickers to one another. Check out Anki Overdrive. Maybe watch videos online. It's mostly going to be people that don't know what they're doing. But some people might, and you might get a real feel for it. Check out Anki's Vector. It might be the robot for you. It might be your time to get into robotics. They usually come out with dev kits for them, too. A lot of people get into Sphero because there's programmable uh, Sphero. Spyro. Sphero is a ball. That's all it is, is a ball. Remote control ball. Okay. But it's cool to, I don't know why, it's cool to do it. And there's a mini, you know, do a little bowling ball around the house. And there's this one thing called Ollie, which I thought I would hate him, but I saw him really, really cheap. And Ollie is this tube with two wheels on the outside of this tube. And I can't describe Ollie. He's not a ball. 
he goes really, really, really fast. And then he could just do donuts and almost mm. flip over from going around in a circle. He goes up into like a triangle almost uh, because he's going so fast around. It looks like there's a geodesic dome in front of you or something. <laughs> Not a geodesic dome. I meant a, a tetrahedron. Of course. And Sphera also made a Lightning Lightning McGee, Lightning McQueen. Uh, oh. They stopped making them now. They okay. were $300, so nobody bought wow. them. Yeah, that's I tell price. you right now, try to get them at half price at 150 new from different stores, or better yet, buy one for $70 on the eBay because... If you want something that's a robot that's not really very smart, that you mostly control, but has a ton of personality, Sphero's McQueen is an amazing little remote control car because his eyes animate beautifully. He goes, he does all that. His suspension moves all around. He's very, very animated and his rubber mouth on his fender moves. So it really looks like the cartoon. And here's the thing that I did with it that I doubt a lot of people have ever done with it. But he can watch the three Cars movies with you and make comments at the screen. And you can start in the middle. Takes him a little while to figure out where you are in a movie. You know, it's probably like a Shazam type of thing. Yeah. And then he'll comment on the movie. And he'll say things like, oh, that doesn't look good. I remember that guy. Don't do it. Don't do it. Ka-ching. Craft services really suck that day. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's what he does. But um, it, it was really cool because I, I, you know, I didn't do them in a row because, holy fuck, you know, I don't want to jump off the roof with Lightning McQueen in my mouth. I, I watched them different days and it was, it was kind of, you know, what a loser I am in this big mansion <laughs> with this with this Lightning McQueen toy propped up on a pillow so he can see the screen, which he's not even looking at. I have popcorn out and I'm sitting with Are a you toy. Are it popcorn? <laughs> no. No, but I mean, it's neat what he says. I mean, he doesn't say anything that he could say that you can make him say. But you could right. program him to do things and you can... Do, you know, yeah, uh, my do, Teddy Ruxpin did this shit back in the eighties. That's what you might think. And the last thing I wanted was something from Pixar, especially a race car. Although I love all the movies, I love all the plane movies. You know how Pixar is. You think that is stupid. I am going to hate the shit out of that. And then you yeah. watch it, and you're like, oh. Except yeah. Wally. <laughs> Wally, I wanted to murder when I got out of there. And I said, Wally, may a thousand donkeys fuck your mother. Wow. Yeah, that's what I said. And Eve, too. So, Anki Overdrive, Anki Vector, which I hate the name because I have a very hard time remembering it. But mostly, if you if we're talking about video games, I'm talking about Anki Are Overdrive. We? Yes. <laughs> Anki Overdrive is a video game. Anki Overdrive will... It will not make you nauseous when you try to VR it. You don't have to mm -hmm. wear glasses. You mm -hmm. do need your phone. Yeah. Um, but and you only need to wear a pair of glove if you're Triforce Johnson while playing with your Anki <laughs> toys. Yes. If any friends come over and we have some time, I will definitely break that out before I break out my 1958 Flea Circus game 
And you know, I love that game. Sure. So like even before I break out Pokino and stuff like that, I would want them to play something new, which as me is unheard of. Sure. For me to tell someone to play something new before we play something cool. Well, that's it. I hope that you like this episode of what you've been playing. A lot of robot talk in there. (laughs) A lot of robots, a lot of things we didn't want to get into. Well, I didn't want to get into. But fun nonetheless, and some video game stuff to help your eyesight focus on something besides a flat screen. There you go. Or a vomit helmet. Everybody, I hope that you like us, and uh, we hope to do more shows one of these days. Sure. Bye. Bye.
this time. 